Okay, but like, what's everyone's hype sound? Oh, this is a good one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, actually, yeah. it's this one. No, no, it's this is my one. I mean, I would say this is my ultimate hype song, but Just Kesha? Kesha is up there. Yeah, right. <laughs> I was completely sober at a Kesha concert and danced the hardest I've danced in that my life. That was a great concert, too. You ended actually, up shirtless. It yeah. was a good time. <laughs> I am vibing, actually. Right. Yeah. Can great. this be how we start the episode? Yes. Yeah. Uh, hey, everybody. Hey. Please no timber. My cash is played. You can't legally play it. You can't hear it. Right. You're not going to hear us jamming to it. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to Reckless Attack, the podcast where sometimes you have to follow up very emotional episodes. And to do so, you have to play some like pre show hype up music. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then sometimes you decide to just start recording in yeah. the middle of yeah. screaming <laughs> right. about Kesha. Uh, but also, oh man, it's so strange to get to say it once more after, after <laughs> many episodes uh, where we did, did some, some sick hot starts. This is Reckless Attack, and we are fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons actual play podcast. I mostly said it right. Um, and I, as always, am and your GM. And at double Nathan. speed, I think. Yeah, right. I, well, I wanted to say it fast, so I didn't uh, fuck it up in slow motion. I am, as always, your GM, Nathan. Thank you so much once again for joining us around the table here. Speaking of all those lovely people around the table who are not our digital listeners, may we introduce you to our excellent players, starting to my right. Hey, everyone. My name is Steve, and I am playing Selv Asterlin, the dragonborn monk who is on his way out of Deepwood. Yeah, that's about to... That's it. It's, there's... <laughs> Do you look paler? Does Selv look paler? Oh, that's a good question. We, uh, I don't know if there's a role for that, but... Um... I feel like it'd be really hard to tell with Selv. Yeah, yeah true, it might true. be hard to say. We'll have to see what happens and if he turns red in the sunlight or, or not. <laughs> and uh, to my right. Hi, everyone. I'm David, and I play Kaskrin Brightmane, the Dwarven Warlock who is slowly getting proficiency in kidnapping people. <laughs> and I don't know how to feel about in that. Shoot, shooting right. first and asking questions later. Right. Yeah. I, I feel I feel like that is a niche proficiency, <laughs> yeah. but I also feel that when needed, yep. that will be very important yeah. to have. I'm just going to write that on my character You want to have Thank that. When, when, when that scenario comes up, you want Casker and Brightman <laughs> yeah. in your party. Hell yeah. I'm going to put on a little, little uh, mask like uh, Valeska and just have a little, little eye mask. <laughs> just be a very specific superhero. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and to the, my right. The napper. Yeah. No. <laughs> nope. Because <laughs> it, 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 it works both, no, no, no. It works both ways, right? No. Nope. Moving on. <laughs> Hi, everyone. I'm Jonathan, and I play Checkers, the Grung Druid. And it's Trusty Frog Pals, Mango, and Junior. And I was about to say, and I play Casper and Brightman. And that's, and that's just, just not right. It's just so it's just, catchy. Yeah, you, yeah. you right, right. just like get into yeah. like the rhythm of exactly. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. David says it so jauntily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, can't, you just have to, have to, you know. It's like its right. own sound bite. Yeah. Right. I'm, right. I'm, I'm telling you, that inevitable body swap episode is going to matter. Us up. Yeah. Oh man! Well, I was gonna say Checkers is very proud that he's been a positive influence on Casper's <laughs> life, <laughs> proficiency in kidnapping. Yeah. So <laughs> good, bummer. Really enjoying that. And to my right, hi everybody. I'm Sophie, and I play Valeska Carter, the human astric cleric of the Arcana domain. 
And so many things have happened. Mm -hmm. But Val is just ready to not get cursed and get out of Deepwood. Yep, yep. Uh, yeah, it's been a it's been a rough six episodes uh, for <laughs> but, our you heroes. You know, like a day. Yeah, like twelve hours tops. Yeah, pretty much. Right. <laughs> the rough part was like an hour and a half, <laughs> right? And then it was just kind of like feeling bad for another day. I guess we slept, so we've yes. been in Deepwood for like thirty six hours. Y- yes, something along those lines. That's right, everyone. The last handful of episodes, our heroes have been in the apparently cursed city of Deepwood, and you fought the shepherd, a mysterious figure who has been who's been hinted at, who's been puppeteering in the shadows all since episode like three or eight or whatever of the podcast or something like mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. who unveiled themselves at the Deepwood City Council meeting that you guys were attending to get some info as well as ask a favor, basically. The shepherd was trying to get the council basically to tell them the location of their druid conclave, which the council was uh, not super willing to tell them. And so, you know, uh, the shepherd stopped time, mind controlled some giant ravens, conjured constructs, yada, yada. You guys. Like, you know, basic level seven stuff. Right, exactly. I mean, I, I felt a little hack doing it because you guys have all done that so many times, but what was you going to do? <laughs> you guys fought, and then you fought, and then you fought a little bit more, and you asked some questions, and then you kind of fought some more, and then you fought some primordial alien creatures from another plane of existence, which, you know, I'm sure everyone was expecting when they started out this campaign, mm-hmm. uh, before basically going into a demi-plane of emotions, which, again, check that off on the bingo mm-hmm. cards. You freed the city council after some confrontations and after experiencing uh, all of your individuals and particularly selves' worst day. And you learned some interesting information about the shepherd, including that they were around during and maybe well before the Ultra Giants and that they had the badges of the prior Golden Tree Agmar Branch Guilders on them as well as... Maybe a Gilder badge of their own, uh, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, an old one. An yeah. old one, uh, not at all like yours. But unfortunately, all of that came at the cost of your ally, the Fortunate. You guys then spent the day answering questions and mourning before receiving some more information and a hero send-off from the council members themselves that you had saved. We, I think, are going to do another just just small hop right into the action. Because our guilders, they're not, they're not walking. <laughs> yeah, they're not, they've been walking for days. They've right? been walking for days. And why go to what you have learned is the next stop in your journey, a ancient giant burial ground a few days away. Why walk there when you can... Fly, and by fly, I mean be carried by large birds there. Ah, as, the, uh, good. as the raven mounts like to tell us, walking is beneath them. Too true. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but 100% accurate. And unfortunately on brand. Uh, <laughs> the skies are a little gray today. 
It is not raining, but you get that sense and that kind of smell that it could rain at any moment. Visibility is pretty low, and the camera looks at a fairly nondescript patch of Rixian wilderness. When, on the horizon, you see four shadows flying through the air. Bell's crossing her fingers for Skywheels. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's us. Yeah. <laughs> what a swerve that would be, just off air. You're like, oh, yes, we wrangled four Skywheels yeah. and we're writing them instead. This I one's name is Blue. This one's name is Trippy. <laughs> and eventually their forms become clear as four giant ravens with huge flapping wings come into sight. They, along with their Raven Mount escorts, who kind of, as you guys have seen before, are almost absorbed into the chests of each of these ravens that they're bonded with, are your rides. Heck. Nice. <laughs> and for old and new listeners, could you all please describe your characters and more specifically, please describe where and how they are being carried or riding on these giant birds that are taking you to your destination. Valeska Carter is a five foot tall, 18 year old. This is like her college uh, yeah. <laughs> tour, mm-hmm. her gap year. And I really love that we came up with that. And like, that's just the touch point <laughs> that's, now. That's what's happening. Um, she has dark brunette hair that ends right at the nape of her neck, but the top of it is um, in a couple of braids braided back that are clasped together with like a little brooch that rests at the nape of her neck. She always typically wears this eye mask because she is from the desert city of Rachma, and they act as fantastical basin real life artifacts found sunglasses she's wearing her light blue colors with her leather armor and has a shield with the insignia of the illustrious atheum on it knowing they are about to go flying she wants at least the raven beneath her (laughs) Mm -hmm. she's really torn about it because like man could she get such a great view if the raven like clawed onto her but also probably not that comfortable no. for a full day ride so I think she, for starters she's gonna climb on top of the raven and like hold on to like I'm assuming there's some type of like strap around the raven <laughs> I mean maybe. it could be a bandana that the <laughs> raven is wearing oh my god please let it be a bandana and then Val can just like snuggle under it it's like the in-flight blanket (laughs) she doesn't she doesn't she just lays down on so her back is on the back of the raven she's just like looking up into the sky and she's just like under the bandana and it's like a little blanket you're really just still running with this bandana (laughs) idea and really just being like Nathan if I just keep talking you have to yes and me yeah yeah Imagine how cute Val would be if she snuggled in the raven feathers. This is David's fault. Actually. Okay. Okay. But I so will... What pattern is the bandana? I, I mean, I'm, it's clearly like a black bandana, but on underneath it, there's this hand sewn 
um, like initials <laughs> where it's like the Raven and the Raven Fountain name with like a little heart next to yeah. it. Yeah. So, so I, I, and and please tell us about the in-flight magazine. <laughs> All right, Val brought that herself. <laughs> I will reluctantly allow this. See, I thought it was polka dots, like white polka I know. dots. I was going to say, like, polka dots are skulls. <laughs> oh, I was going to oh. say, like, they're just, it's fun bananas. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, just imagine they have to be, you know, stealthy, so it has to be right. black. It's, like, part of the uniform. Right. It's it's their flair. <laughs> their pieces of flair. Uh, I will allow this, Sophie, if you tell me the name of this raven. Um, This raven's name is Abercrombie and Finch? No. <laughs> no. It's not that one. No. <laughs> I guess we know what Selv's writing. <laughs> I'm not asking Selv. Yeah. <laughs> the first name that came to mind mm-hmm. was Arturo. Ooh, done. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Done. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. For some reason, I'm imagining now this raven has like a pompadour. <laughs> I, no, I, I okay, okay. This is I, where I, I David, I don't right. like that I like that. Right. And I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm saving us both from ourselves okay. and our very good ideas. If it has any hairstyle, it's that it's those feathers <laughs> that come off like the back of its head in like a little curl. So it's got like little feathers that come you we know, really shouldn't have started with Kesha, should we? Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> hey, at least the raven doesn't have glitter. <laughs> Not yet. Uh, all right. Who else would like to go? Selv is a humanoid dragon, essentially. Uh, he stands about six foot five or so. And his clothes, at least uh, this time around, are kind of uh, red and gold colors. He's wearing the gi of the monastery on the mountains that he uh, he grew up in. And where he trained. And right now, he is definitely seated upon top of the raven and flying with a and he, just an absolutely enormous grin on his face. <laughs> uh, because growing up in the mountains, he's used to being up high and kind of seeing all this, this kind of large expanse underneath him, but has never actually gotten the chance to fly or be flown mm-hmm. somewhere. And he's enjoying every second of it, uh, even though he probably has to blink several times uh, because his eyes are drying out from all the wind <laughs> constantly going into his yep, face. Yep. But for the time being, he is really enjoying himself, looking at the landscape. And no one's quite sure if it's fur or hair, uh, but it is kind of whipping all back behind him uh, and and completely untamed at the moment. But that's kind of what what is seen by everybody flying with him. But the important question is, what is the raven's name? Oh, well, <laughs> all right, all right. Well. I, because apparently Val is on the very stylish raven. Mm-hmm. Uh, my initial thought was the Abercrombie and Finch yeah. would, would be a great name for for the, a stylish raven. Uh, this so, is the episode okay. we and all what is, die. What is their flair? Okay, hold yeah. on, hold on. So actually, I, I will allow it. The raven's name is Abercrombie. And the writer's name is Finch. Yes. And okay. together they yeah. make Abercrombie and, and Finch. Finch. That's good. Yes. That's good. That's th- That works for me. So uh, We and- are really pushing Nathan's button. We're yeah. about to go <laughs> several hundred feet up in the yeah, air team. Right. Nathan warned us ahead of time, like, this is the episode where I'll get where I get you. And uh, no, we're not making this easy on ourselves. <laughs> I mean, or, or, or you're just like, bring it. I yeah. want you to do it. Come yeah. on. Right, yeah. Come on. Hit me with your best shot, but- DM. <laughs> Cascarine Right Main is a rather squat compact dwarf 
He has been a soldier, a patrolman all his life, and he has the muscles to show it. Instead of regular arms and legs, however, they have been encrusted in stone due to an elemental event in his past, also granting him some level of control of the earth under him. And emblazoned on his skin are these golden spirals that are indicative of his bond with his patron, the Eternal Citadel. And Kaskrin, as we were leaving Deepwood, would not go on the Raven. <laughs> oh, are, are we pulling a B.A. Baracus here? <laughs> I ain't getting on no plane, Hannibal. refuses. He is like fighting against the Raven mounts that are trying to pull him over the edge towards these Ravens. And then all of a sudden, there's a Raven that flies by at full speed with a tarp in its claws and just <laughs> snatches up Kaskrin. <laughs> I love the way you described it was like, he was like he got strapped in, right? Or he like he was kind of ready. Everyone else, you know, has he's, agreed he's to it. He suited up to jump out of the yeah, plane, right. but he will and then not. Just yeah. gets to the edge, just like oh, uh-uh, oh uh-uh, no. Uh-uh. <laughs> and so Kaskrin is kind of just like hanging in a tarp, just being carried around as if he was the baby in a stork. Yep, yeah. got it. Yep. <laughs> he's got like the goggles that he had suited up with, and it's just like grumpily just peeking out from, <laughs> from this tarp is just like <laughs> no, I, don't, I don't like it no. please please I ask for so little <laughs> fan artists please <laughs> please I need it so Checkers and his trusty frog pals Mango and Junior um, are two frogs three frogs really when you look at it but um, Mango <laughs> is this medium-sized green tree frog with a big saddle and water barrel on his back. And he is currently being just, like, clutched by talons by mm-hmm. one of the ravens and just kind of, like, is hanging underneath uh, the big bird. But the bird itself does not seem to be flying in a particularly straight path. So as as the viewers are watching these four birds fly across the sky, three of them are going pretty straight, just like normal flying birds. And then one of them is just like wiggling a lot for some reason. And the reason is because Checkers refuses to sit still. Yep. <laughs> and Checkers is a small-sized blue frog with a kilt, a big leather cloak, and a tricorn hat that is flapping in the wind. <laughs> and Checkers has not taken the option to be harnessed into yep, this bird. Right. He is just like crawling all over this thing, just like <laughs> oh, going oh. all over like one of the wings, like messing with the flight, like oh going up to the head and just like, hey, hey, what's that? Hey, look over there. And the bird is just not able to fly straight. So it's just like <laughs> moving around and trying to like keep Checkers still and safe. And Checkers is not helping. <laughs> it's like uh, those like old school bi-wing planes with the stuntman walking yeah. on top and right, doing barrel right. rolls yep. and yep. everything. I, I just had this now image of the raven carrying Mango mm-hmm. and just as the voiceover in my head goes, pilot to bombardier, pilot to bombardier, <laughs> prepare to release Mango. <laughs> Mango's, Mango's fine. He's just like enjoying himself. <laughs> See, I imagine like Checkers got a little bit too close to the raven's beak and all of a sudden he just like snaps open and snaps oh, shut yeah. again <laughs> to, like get one of Checker's arms yeah. and Checker's now Checker's like d- dangling yeah. in, in hey let me go let me go <laughs> I really just like to envision that like 
the raven is holding on to Mango's saddle. Uh-huh. So Mango, his <laughs> saddle is like under his armpits, and he's just like arms dangling. dangling by the side. But like he's also just like all of Mango is just like bunched up yeah. into his shoulders. <laughs> yeah. So he's just got this Full like oh yeah yeah fan artist. That's what I want. Yeah. <laughs> Mango being carried by a raven, looking like a blurb. <laughs> And now, a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by A Foul Light Shines, a new free serial novel based on a D&D campaign. The empire of fire and water has known 20 golden years of peace since the end of Agenion's War, a peace which is now in peril. When a ragtag group of friends intervene in a grotesque monster attack, they're too late to save a wounded man who leaves them with an encrypted journal and the words, Trust no one, Tyre. Can the gang find Tyre, escape the claws of more strange monsters, and uncover the lurking threat to the Empire before it's too late? This story features themes of found family and strength in diversity, and is available for free on Campfire and Royal Road. A foul light shines. Come for the fantasy. Stay for the cheese-obsessed goblin gunslinger. Hello, everyone. GM Nathan here. And welcome once more to the mid-roll. This is where I remind you to follow us on all the social medias, particularly on Twitter at Reckless underscore Attack, where we are posting a variety of frogs and memes and frog memes, and meme frogs. You can find all our socials by visiting our website at recklessattack.com, and much more. If you like us, consider supporting us on Patreon. It's one of the best ways to help us grow and improve the show. Early ad-free episodes, level-up talkbacks, and oodles of other stuff await you there at a variety of tiers. Lastly, don't forget to tell a friend if you're enjoying the show, or let us know by leaving a rating or review on your podcatcher of choice. That's all for me. Enjoy the rest of the episode. So you guys, had you walked, we're probably two to three days away from kind of this next stop that you knew at least would be the direction that you needed to be mm-hmm. going. And you would have even had a little bit of protection from the runic road had you taken that. But you guys are flying much faster than you would have walked, even unimpeded, even with any magical aids that you would be kind of like casting spells on yourselves or whatever. And you are also flying several hundred feet up above the ground. And so none of the potential impediments that you guys would find on the ground are even remotely a possibility. You are probably five, maybe 600 feet up and well out of the reach of, well, I don't know, most of the things that you guys have seen. Juniper, who came with you guys, um, and I I need to remember to ask who was in Juniper's. um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I feel like Juniper knows us well enough that they were probably like, fucking I'm just put him in the tarp. Got it. Yeah, yeah that's fair. I, I also think it's it's just a tiny bit of retaliation. Yeah. Juniper Juniper's like, 
I'll take the dwarf. Yeah. <laughs> For some reason, I'm imagining Juniper is showing off how his raven can do a barrel roll. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. And then Cashman throws up a little bit. <laughs> but you guys are several hours into this journey, and unfortunately, you're not really able to communicate much with each other, You, but you are able to talk to whoever kind of your raven mount is just a little bit. Uh, there is some level of kind of communication between you guys. It is a surprisingly, while exhilarating and interesting and unique journey, it's kind of boring in a in a nice <laughs> yeah. way. Where where again, you guys are so isolated from so much that you can just take in the scenery or take in kind of the majesty of these birds that you're riding or harass them by poking them or doing whatever, whatever it is your heart kind of drives you to do. Val is just really practicing gratitude in this moment that (laughs) she is not shin deep in mud yeah, and is not completely obscured by incredibly tall grass. Yes. So I just really briefly, and I'm sure that kind of once you guys are able to really sit down and really talk, not by shouting over uh, the flaps of ravens. Uh, you'll talk some more about it. But you essentially have several hours of solitude. So I just really quickly want to check in with all of your characters. Not at the kind of beginning part of the journey where they're either very excited or horrified or not in kind of as they've settled in and are talking and looking it all in, but as they've been alone with their thoughts for a little while uh, and kind of e- either either the events of the last few days have kind of hit you or have not hit you but kind of where's your character at um, as they're sitting crumpled up in claws crumpled up in, in tarps uh, and everything kind of in between Val has rolled over so she's hugging the raven and after the awe of flying has worn off, has subsided into tears, and has really just let herself feel everything and like know that it hurts now, but they still have a chance to help others and fulfill why the fortunate left with them and make sure they can bring back members of the Bones, members of the fortunate's family. And in this, I think she really gets like a resolve in herself and in the knowledge that like the shepherd was wrong. The fortunate was real and that the bones are real. They are mortals, basically, in Val's definition. Mm-hmm. Uh, her expanded definition right. after yeah. meeting them. And, you know, once the tears pass, she kind of starts planning as she does. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what would she say to the shield, to Berga, about finding mm-hmm. the badges the people who came before us and just kind of noting the path ahead. Yep. 
and hugging the raven and smushing her face <laughs> into the feathers because it's nice. Yeah, it has a nice kind of like rhythm with the wing mm-hmm. beats that accentuates the bandanaed comfort yeah. that Val finds herself in. So I think for Checkers, after he's had the chance to calm down a little bit, he recognizes that he was really just trying to distract himself from the events of the previous day. So he is lying on the back of the raven that he's occupying. And in his hands, he actually has this dark black knapsack. It was the one that was given to them by the council member that they spoke to. And also the one that they put the fortunate's armor into. So he's lying there with this backpack in his hands and actually the fortunate's helmet is sticking out of mm-hmm. the backpack and it is battered it is you know parts of it have been broken away and he's just sort of staring up at it flying through the air and to himself he's just kind of thinking and asking these questions did you did you do everything you wanted did you lead a full life did you have the most fun that you could have as he thinks about the nights spent with the fortunate playing cards and all the adventures that we've been on over the past couple of days, just really asking these questions. And I love the detail. And, and I think it makes sense that the armor was pristine. Always every member of the bones armor. There was not like any chips were superficial. There was never any breaks in their armor ever, despite being decades old and going out into the wilderness regularly and fighting regularly. But now it seems old. The armor is, it's, and you don't know whether it's just the context or something real and magical is different, but the armor looks more worn now and a little chipped and like you said, kind of broken off in places. Kaskrin has not really been able to relax since we left Deepwood. And there is a lot of him that is still pushing away the emotions um, of losing the fortunate. And so there will be time for figuring out what to tell the shield. There will be time for mourning the loss of a, of a friend. But to him, that time is not now. He has taken off his necklace that has the lucky coin. And he has just been kind of passing that back and forth in his hands for the past couple of minutes. Thinking about the shepherd's last words to him. About how the disappearance of the saints and the eternal citadel and his powers are all connected somehow. There is somehow a single thread that sort of binds them all together. Those thoughts fill his head for a bit, but afterwards he holds onto the coin and just looks out into the distance and just stares. After the uh, initial probably good hour hour and a half of excitement of flying. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's kind of waned a little bit. Selv is more or less 
thinking about not necessarily what he knows about what clerics can do, but kind of what he has heard that they can do and mm-hmm. some of the limitations involved with it. And his mind is more or less going towards really odd questions that he would he he kind of is meditating over. Mm-hmm. And it's things like if they were able to resurrect the fortunate or have that spell cast or, or something like that and, and bring them back, would the fortunate want to come back? If they did, would it be the fortunate's mortal soul prior to being raised as an undead? Or would it be the fortunate themselves? Do the fortunate themselves have, like, is there any kind of eternal peace to the fortunate that could be brought back? Right. And also basically is attempting to avoid thinking about his worst day. And so it's like these other exercises while painful are there to prevent him from thinking about the loss of the dragon egg uh, that one night. So you guys fly for a while. And again, you have a lot of, a lot of space to kind of process, to think. And after a while, after a long stretch of silence and a long stretch of flying, Kaskrin, you hear Juniper's voice. And it's this kind of weird, almost echoey sound where it's clearly not coming straight from Juniper. There's some strange, arcane interactions happening. But you hear his voice, and it is still a little shaky. So, um, remind me again, what are you, uh, where are you guys going after this? What are you, what are you doing? I mean, if you don't mind me asking, I guess. And the sudden conversation shakes him from his meditation mm-hmm. a little bit. And he, he does reply pretty honestly to Juniper. We took upon ourselves a mission back in Agmar to see what was happening to the bones, why they were being untethered, and if there was anything we could do to save the ones that were, save the ones that were lost. And we got a lead. There is someone out here, Lorana Moonglove, a powerful druid wizard who I guess has a a base out here somewhere out here at least hmm well um I'm not familiar but I'm I'm sure you guys will find what you're looking for I hope so too I think they're really the only well they're the only lead we've got really and we came all this way so There's kind of a a pause, and you hear him ask, What about the shepherd? It takes a bit for Kaskrin to respond, because at least right now, he doesn't know. And he says, Is there anything we can do against... And the words, that monster, almost come out of his mouth, but then he remembers the guild badge and he says is there anything we can do against another mortal as powerful as the shepherd I don't know we were able to 
stopped them a little bit, but they still got the information they needed. And they're on their way to continue their mission, whatever it might be. Is there anything a couple of guilders like us could even do against that? What are you talking about? The guilders are some of the greatest heroes in Rixia. I've read so many books and, and historical tomes about their adventures, and if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be guilders. It's going to be people like you guys. And Casperin has a kind of a sad smile on his face, and he kind of looks up towards where Juniper is and says, That's the thing about overwhelming power. You can't stop it. You can't hide from it. All you can really do is run. And his eyes moisten a little bit, thinking back to his own past, about his own encounters with something so powerful that all you could do was try and get as far away as you possibly could. A little bit of that hopelessness creeps back in, but is quickly dispelled. At least he tries to hide it. Maybe we won't see them again for a while. Maybe they'll be done with us. And we can finish our mission, see what's next, and hope they're not doing anything too bad, at least. Yeah, yeah, maybe. But... Deepwood... We fought an ultra giant. You saw the burns. We we did it. I mean, we didn't kill it, but we we turned it away. We fought it and and we did it and you guys will fight if I mean, if it comes up and that's how the stories go. Is the guilders fight and they call all their allies together and it's the big fight and and they win. That's what happens. And Castrain is kind of just nodding and smiling at this point and it's like there's a chance, of course. There's always a chance. But in his head, he is thinking, you didn't fight the Ultra Giant. You survived. And barely at that. And Juniper kind of heartened by your out loud mm-hmm. kind of agreement and kind of has this resolve back that they had when you kind of first met them. Juniper says, well... If you ever see them again, you let us know. You let us know. We'll be there. I'll make sure of it. I'm glad we have a friend we can count on. We fought him once. We could do it again. Yeah. Yeah. But there's not really any passion in his words. Conversation falls silent again. You know, it kind of has that that similar, just brief lull, as if maybe he was thinking about something. When you hear his voice again, hey, hey, Cashgrin, hold on for a second, and you all hear some kind of similar of like, "Hey, guys, uh, stick tight, just for a second. In Val's mind, that makes it seem like the Raven Mount is leaving the Raven. She's like, "What? <laughs> <laughs> what?" I am not qualified to fly. <laughs> I do not have my pilot's license. And I am facing the wrong way. Yes. <laughs> She's turned around. Oh, okay. 
And there is just a little bit like all of you kind of individually experience just a little bit of adjustment in the flight of the ravens, all turning kind of in unison and in the same direction. A moment later, all of you hear the voice of your raven mount, and I will do it in Juniper's voice as the stand-in for everyone, is, hey, Kaskrin, uh, I think we might have a problem. And Kaskrin kind of rotates in this little tarp. It's like, a problem? Up here? Two o'clock. I imagine that being perfect. No, no it's, it's, it's like tarp. 10 to 9. <laughs> He's got to, like, find a hole. Yeah, to be he pokes a hole with a dagger in his tarp. My sundial is in my backpack. Give me a second. <laughs> uh, and Kaskin will, will turn to look in that direction. And again, you all pretty much simultaneously get this same information. In the distance, you can see three large black shadowy shapes emerging from a low tree line not far from you. You guys don't hear anything from your raven mounts directly, but some of you with keen hearing might be able to hear them talking, like they are talking to each other. As this chatter is kind of going on, the shapes become clearer. Two long, webbed wings stretch out from each of these three creatures with gnarly-looking claws at the end of each wing. Similarly, there are two sturdy legs kind of tucked underneath and a long tail snaking behind it. And it flaps closer and closer, and you see a reptilian gaze locked on you all as three wyverns begin to hone in on the four of you. I think that's a little more than a problem, Juniper. Vale's just like, why is it never Sky Whales? <laughs> <laughs> Sky, whales Sky Whales, they go the other direction. They're like, ah, we don't want to deal with these burbs. Well, yeah, whatever. she knew immediately where they were coming, but she just wants to see Sky Whales. Yep, alas, unfortunately. Wyverns, and surely you can be serious. <laughs> no, 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 okay. Oh, we got, we, 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 we got, know, yeah, I know, yeah, we know what's yeah. happening. Yes, yes, I know, I know. So, there's more chatter as you guys, like, they're still fairly far away, but are clearly on an intercept course. Can we outrun them? You hear from your Raven Mount, not safely, but we might have a plan, unfortunately. Why is that unfortunate? Figure it out and explain that you can tell me. Well, unfortunately, I think our flight may need to be cut a little bit short because those are wyverns uh, coming at us. And we can probably fight them, but it would be hard to guarantee your guys' safety during it and our own safety. So we are going to lead them away. So... That's good news. That is good news. You're gonna, you're, you're gonna set us down first. And you guys, as this is like, as you are hearing this information and maybe asking similar questions, you can feel kind of the ravens, like the gravity tips. Uh huh. 
as they start to glide and dive downward. Okay, so uh, so here's what's going to happen. And again, this is all like Juniper saying this in like relative nonchalance. But it's, okay, so we're going into a dive right now. And like, this is when the wind is like fucking whipping. We're in like zero G yeah, right now. Exactly. Yeah, like all, our face you're at the is top, getting pulled you're, backwards. You're just like starting at the top of the roller coaster going down. So we're going to dive as far and as fast as we can before we kind of level out as these things are coming at us. Any help you guys could offer would be really excellent. But um, either we'll drop you off, we will scare them off, or you may need to jump a little, just a little, a little bit early. Val is talking to her Raven Mount. Define early. <laughs> Give me a measurement. Well, frankly, right about now, <laughs> we will leave that up to you guys. You're all guilders. You L- low triple digits, really. <laughs> and again, this is like you guys started at like 500 plus feet yeah. up in the air, and they said so. It's it's um, we still we covered a lot of ground. We probably already made up like a day. So not worried about travel time right now. Well, you Arthur, were. And I so... appreciate it. I'm good. <laughs> what, Let's um, do it. What kind of terrain are we over? So it's lightly forested where these creatures came from kind of a copse of trees. It is a little bit hilly, a little bit, you know, there's a couple trees, but also a good amount of open air, which is kind of why. And, and Juniper slash the Raven Mouth would explain like this doesn't really seem like a defensible situation. We don't think we can outrun them for long and uh, don't want to uh, try to outfight them. So we are making a call. We are dropping you all off ASAP. Once you're out, we'll try to lure them away and make sure you're clear and try to deal with them on our own. Before any of you can respond, you can each feel and see the large ravens tucking their wings readying for a dive. Wind starts to pick up all around you as you catch the first audible roars of the incoming whippings. And with that, I'm going to ask everyone to roll for initiative next week. Hey. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Aerial uh, combat, yay, I guess. Yay! Everyone ready? Everyone feeling good? Everyone ready to rock and roll? Yeah. Hoorah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ready to die. Gotta, gotta check with my dice here. Yeah. Are you ready? They said 10. Medium ready. Mm-hmm. Medium yeah. ready. <laughs> yeah. Mathematically, right, though, right I think 10s yeah. are, are pretty pretty decent to roll. How, how at ready level. am I? Mm-hmm. Uh, I am uh, 8 ready, so slightly less ready than you, mm. Steve. But you know, I don't have any dice. I just have a magic 8 ball that I <laughs> throw onto <laughs> the table. Yeah. No wonder you've been rolling like shit. Yeah. It's just... <laughs> It says check again later. Right. Do you hit? 
Outlook yes. not good. Yeah, yeah right. Outlook not good. Ah, no. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't say no. Right. That should be our next April Fool's episode. We all get magic eight balls. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Just find things that aren't dice right. to <laughs> determine what happens. Right. Oh it's God. like, uh, what is those things you always say? Like, it, the school day is like... Anything but a backpack. It's anything oh, but yeah. Dice. Bring the yeah. wheelbarrow in. Just yeah. like. uh, I'm going to do one of those uh, little kid emotion charts where yeah. it's like, right now, <laughs> this, this makes me office. angry. Yeah. <laughs> does that does that hit the monster? Right, yes yeah. or no? I'm just going to pull out tarot cards. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that could no. work, too. Great. Mm-hmm. 